Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in today with us on the Let's Be Real podcast. Hope you've all had a great day so far. I'm Nain and I'll be your host for today's show. And I'm joined here by the other Movie Games members, James and Kyan. Lads, how are we doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm feeling good. That's good, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen Top Gun Maverick, so I'm a happy, happy guy for the next few weeks. I can imagine that movie's going to carry me over for the next month because it's just that great. Yeah. And we got a lot of good uh, TV content this week. We do. There's yeah. a lot came out. Yep. Yes. Yeah. On the Let's Be Real podcast, we cover the major and important news of the week within the entertainment industry, ranging from movies, TV, streaming, and more. So on today, we'll be covering our thoughts on Stranger Things Season 4, the Mission Impossible 7 trailer, Thor and Love and Thunder full trailer, the reactions to Elvis... Horizon Zero Dawn series at Netflix, our thoughts on Kenobi, and as always, our box office roundup. Mm. Righto, lads, let's get into it. So first off, Stranger Things Season 4 has finally dropped. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah. <laughs> first of me. No, yeah. I'll go first on it. Um, okay, man. Yeah, I, 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 love, I loved it. Um, and, you know, I, I can't you know just straight away compare it to the other seasons of stranger things because mm. i think they all they're all kind of consistent in quality and it's, all, it's also a two-parter as well so it's it, un- yeah unfinished. It, it, it is a two-parter yeah it's unfinished yeah. It, yeah. it is so it, it is really hard to make a, a true assessment on the final product at the end of the day um but at the end of the at the end of the day nothing is gonna surpass the feeling of the first season you know yeah like yeah. that that just captured you know audiences in a way that i don't think they can actually replicate that in terms of you know where this fourth season is taking stranger things i loved it it's it's it it's an extremely great setup it, it puts you know the you know a vast assortment of characters in different locations and you know different you know areas to you know uncover certain uh you know answers that we need from this franchise and you know it's all going to come together at some point so i think this season has done an extremely good job of putting the right pieces in the right places um you know for you know volume two of season four and for season five to you know wrap this wrap this baby up Mm. um so I, I think the setup that they've done here in season four is great stuff. I have I have my issues with it, and you know I love certain pieces of it, but the main thing at the end of the day is that it's not repeating the same cycle that I think two and three seasons kind of got. You know they kind of did do that. You know they yeah. had you know an upside down threat come and threaten it, and then they kind of you know have to save the day again. So I think we got some real direction here, and I think. You know, if the setup, okay, if the resolution is as good as the setup, I think we're in for a really special ending here. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to say. I mean, I think that whatever re- resolution we're going to get from this season will be interesting. I just don't really know where we're going to go for the finale because mm. I know the finale kind of has to end with the mind flare um, being the big bad in a sense. Yeah. Um I know that has to be the big bad because mm. who else would be? Um but yeah, it's 
I mean, the season was interesting in a lot of different ways, like you were describing. You know, they go to a lot of different locations. Yeah. Um, they, you have these separations of characters, which mm. give you different sort of... I mean, the Stranger Things has always sort of done that. They've kind of always yeah. separated mm. the, the yeah, older kids with the younger kids. And, and then season, I think, two or three combined them at yeah. one point. Um, but I think that... Um, the season is a. I think you described to me as is, is like a little bit more ambitious. Mm, definitely, um, I think it's ambitious stylistically. Yeah, I think it's leaning into its very much a kind of Goonies feeling to it. Goonies, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Where, where you've got this kind of like band of kids mm. getting together and like fighting a threat and yeah. like trying to discover a mystery. Mm. Um, in a sense, and I get that with all that sort of um adventurous mischievous music in a sense um however i don't know if i would say that this is like breaking the mold Mm. for stranger things Uh, i would say it's it's kind of following the same trend but it's being better like the 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 threat Mm. is better yeah and yeah. i think the setup in general is better mm. i i think the in season two and season three it was like some variation of the demogorgon is is the threat yeah. or some variation vague variation of the mind flare is the the threat that was the season two that must have been villain. season two yeah yeah um but they were all sort of like uh, se- season three must have been the mind flare right it's a different version of the Mind Flayer, but, mm. like, not, like, the actual one. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know he's, like, the big bad of the... Maybe they might be saving universe. the Mind Flayer for season five. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, um... This was both kind of new and not new at the same time for me. Mm. Like, it, it's like they were trying some new things. Yeah. And I was like, that's new, that's interesting. Yeah. And they were doing very similar things again. Mm. Yeah. So I feel a little conflicted, but yeah. at the same time, I, I I won't deny I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean that that's fair enough. I I think my the most of my love comes from the you know setup of uh you know Vecna the the main villain. villain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's gonna you know continue on um towards future seasons. Um, but I, I think that setup is really great. It gives us like a you know a villainous character that we can actually kind of you know. Uh, not not connect to but like to sort of see more of or like actually be an actual presence yeah uh, i feel like you know stranger things it's been missing it's, it's villains are just sort of like unknown yeah 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 so i i think that's the good trait but i know i compared it in my review of stranger things to game of thrones it's expanding to that kind of level of you know uh television storytelling where it's you know you're having characters in different locations i think we have like five i think maybe six you know different storylines happening all at once here and it's trying to operate between them um you know we know that season five is the last one and so my my biggest question from this season is are the duffer brothers who create this whole thing are they writing themselves into a hole by expanding it so late in the actual series Mm. you know or do they have like a you know a trick up their sleeve um yeah you know, Nan, I've, I, I know you've only seen like a few episodes. You haven't finished the yeah. volume one yet. What's your takeaway from the first few? Yeah. Bit of a let down on my part. I've only seen three episodes. Yeah. Mm. Ho- hoping to finish it all by tomorrow. Touch mm. wood. Um, but yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I mean, I, mm. I know I'm not a big Stranger Things fan compared to you guys, but 
I still thoroughly enjoy it. I definitely, mm. I think I messaged you, James, directly, like how much I like the villain. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I found him to be the um, best part of this. I mean, mm. even though we saw him for like maybe like less than five minutes within those three episodes, I think just the yeah. way they have treated him. Without giving away too much, you mm. do get to see more of him um, yeah. later yeah. on, a lot more. Well, that's great. Have a good time. Excited. Just like the way, like I think it's in episode three, just when he's like just in his like little lair thing, he's just like seen hawkins yeah trying to find his next target mm. target yeah, yeah it's awesome uh, that was so creative and amazing i was just like damn this guy's like really really scary like he could be like one of the top villains like in like pop culture if mm. done right i mean i haven't seen it yet maybe he could yeah i mean i I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that the setup is promising for that villain yeah if the execution is as good as the setup mm. I, I think you might be right yeah yeah and it's not just the villain as well it's just the whole ensemble cast as well they just mm. all work well together their chemistry is just like you know bread and butter it's just yeah it's just amazing yeah oh. there's some give and take with the season i feel like uh i think me and james was discussing this earlier on i thought the um introduction of that uh, new character what was his name um eddie eddie yeah i thought he was quite a good character um however that um football jockey guy basketball basketball guy yeah not great see character. i mean i i'm on i'm not the opposite but like i i hated eddie from the get-go like yeah i i really didn't like him i thought it was an awkward fit the actor didn't fit the role and then i really grew to love the character by the end of it like yeah i think stranger things does such a good job with you know growing with those characters exactly yeah, yeah. but you know with the the basketball um <laughs> leader he just he, the actor doesn't fit that role and i think that's all there is to it hey, it almost yeah. seems like deadpan like the merchant is trying to say or in his words it mm. doesn't match his facial expressions his facial experience expressions is just very yeah. bland but like the words that are coming out is like emotional. he's saying something very energetic yeah. and big and then yeah. and then you look at his face and you're like i don't really believe what you're saying yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and he has a lot of uh, halloween's kills vibes to him yeah, <laughs> and you'll know what i mean when you get further into the season oh, okay. i look forward to hearing your thoughts more on that <laughs> i'm sure i'll flick a message tonight um just just more. as a side note i feel like we need to kind of address um a character that has grown a huge amount and that's the character that is played by mayor hawk oh yeah she's grown mm. in quite a big way as i wouldn't call her necessarily comic relief but mm. she's grown it to be a very like very good comedy actress in that role i feel oh, I, yeah. I think she nails it most of the time ab- ab- absolutely yeah i mean you, you told me the other day that this series is it it's bang on when it comes to casting yeah and, and you know I, I was thinking about it and I was looking at some of the cast and, you know, Mayor Hawk was one of the names that really struck out to me in terms of what you're saying. Like, I just couldn't imagine anyone playing that character better. She just has such a good way of sort of like having comedy, but it, it being like subtle and oh, she's just, yeah. she's, she's a really good way about it. So, yeah, I mean, like many of her like fellow co-stars, she fits in that role almost perfectly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she integrates with like the core cast that's been there for the past yeah, the, two the seasons. Dan, just like yeah. pretty much, it's naturally. like she's always been there, like yeah. It, yeah. in the same way as um, who's the who's the like the guy who is I, I I'm bad with the names. I only know like Joe Dustin. Carey's character. Yeah, yeah, Joe Carey's character. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I forgot his name. Yeah, um, yeah. it's like yeah. that sometimes. Like, I, like for yeah, some Steve, reason, Steve. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, Steve. I remember Steve like their actual yeah. names as yeah. actors, but I don't remember their character <laughs> names. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that relationship works really well. So, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know what I mean. Like this, the series is growing to Game of Thrones proportion. We have like yeah. twenty main characters almost. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I'll have to keep watching them. I suppose. <laughs> All right, next up, and it's one James has been waiting for for a long, 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 long Ooh. time, and that's the first trailer for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Ooh. At this point, Tom Cruise can do no harm. I mean, he's just phenomenal at the moment, and everything he does is a spectacle. So, lads, we've all seen the trailer, pretty much. What are your thoughts? Um, I was shocked, to be honest. Um, for a long time, Why? I thought I've been fairly... Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say uncaring, but fairly maybe unappreciative Critical. of Mission Impossible. Um, and when I watched this trailer, for some reason, something in me sparked and I was like, ah, mm. I see it now. I see the spectacle, <laughs> you know, um, and, and I couldn't stop watching that trailer mm. for some reason. I just kept watching and watching and watching it. And, you know, look, you know, the, you, you could say... You could give criticisms to the Mission Impossible narrative, but it's really, it's about that spectacle, mm. physically driven story. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. Mm. Um, and I think that the fact that this is like Dead Reckoning Part 1, Part 2, and it's a conclusion yep. to the Mission Impossible the finale. franchise. Yeah. It's huge. I think this is actually quite a pivotal, pivotal movie. Mm. Um, this obviously in the, the next movie will be the most pivotal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that Dead Reckoning trailer, I feel like it, it was a teaser that encompassed everything about Mission Impossible, mm. I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, it got me very excited. I mean, that, that makes me very happy to hear. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, I've been trying to win you guys on Mission Impossible <laughs> for a while, it feels like. Always including Mission Impossible 7 in my most anticipated for the last two years now. Um, but still, I have to wait another year for it. Yeah. I don't know why Paramount actually released this trailer. It comes mm. out in July next year. Over a year. Yeah, that's 14 months away. I mean, like, yep. I get you have, you're have you selling the Tom Cruise angle of it all, and you're trying to, you know... Mm. Spark, Capitalize on that Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, and, and spark that interest in the audience, but I think it's still too far away from it, and it makes me more sad because I've seen footage now, and now I just want more right now. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I don't have to wait 14 months. It's too far away. That's crazy yeah. amount of time. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, just give me more of it straight away. Um, as for, you know, the trailer itself... I thought it was very good. I thought it was, you know, it's it's very clearly, uh, you know, it's cut together in very specific ways, um, but it, it didn't really pique my excitement or, like, elevate yeah. it anymore. I guess because I know exactly what to expect and I know to expect, you know, extremely high quality and it's stunt work and uh, the practicality of it all. Um, it, it gave no indication of where the Ethan Hunt character is going or... The villainous threat, I get, it mm. kind of introduces elements, but you don't really see yeah. how the story is going to be evolving. So I can't. It felt a little rushed. Yeah, I can't grasp yeah. onto any you know thread there, but it, it just 
confirms what the Mission Impossible series is and it's, it's what Kyle was saying you know it, it's a spectacle at the end of the day it's a it's a cinematic experience you know Mission Impossible Fallout got better reviews than Top Gun Maverick ever did it, it's because it deserves it they are fucking great like mm. especially 4, 5 and 6 like the way they introduce like or the way they have you know their practical stunts you know mixing with quite compelling storylines to it and they are developing Ethan Hunt into quite a a good, well-rounded character now. I think I think that character was a little bit neglected early onwards, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I think it's going to come to you know a roaring finish here. And I think Christopher McQuarrie, he is the perfect director to bring this to a close. Mm. Yeah, is, is he doing the? Um, he's the only part, one. Mm. Is he doing part two as well? Yes, he's doing it. Yeah, I think I think they were filming back to back. Um, but you know, COVID nineteen. Yeah. I think it derailed a lot of plans. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. There's yeah. no one else that can do it, really, eh? Yeah. I mean, it, it... Hmm? Joseph Kozinski. Was oh, he John Wick? No, no, did he John... did Maverick. Oh. Top Gun Maverick. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're Stalisky. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was. I was going to say if there was another director to take over, I'd pick the John Wick director. Oh yeah, mm. yeah, that'd be yeah. a good pick. Oh, interesting choice. Yeah. yeah. My thoughts on this. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I loved it. It mm. was great. I mean, we touched on, touched up upon it before. I mean, I mentioned like it, the visuals in this, like cinematography wise, yeah. screen the stunts, just pure framing shot mm. wise was outstanding. And then you add that in with the whole motorcycle off the cliff, and it just like pans down to see Tom Cruise just free falling, actually free falling, pure cinema. And I, I think the thing that I like about that shot is that we did not see Tom Cruise pull his shoot yeah yeah mm. like i think that's that was more engaging like if we saw the pull him, if we saw him pull a shoot like mm. wouldn't know he survived but it was just like a nice sort of like trailer cliffhanger yeah literally so to speak <laughs> and and the sound for this i mean i know kine kine loves the score and mm. throughout this trailer yeah. and he, he made a really good comment on um, before this he said it sounds very james bondy with whole with all the brass and stuff mm. and mm. i and i agree to that but then like eventually fades out and you just hear the iconic Mission Impossible theme to yeah. close out. It's going to be fantastic. And I feel like it just felt, it feels like roaring. Like yeah. when I hear it, when I watch that trailer, it felt like it was, it was celebrating yeah. the, the franchise. Yeah. And, you know, it's taken me a long time to sort of like come to grasp with what this franchise even is, because I mean, I, I kind of still stick by it. I, I, I still think, Ethan Hunt as a character is fairly like wa- like quite a watery written character, mm. um, and it's not overly consistent. Yeah, um, and, and I get that because he's not really the point. The point is the spectacle. Yeah, um, but um, as I watch this trailer and as it kind of encompasses what Mission Impossible means to um, these directors and stuff, I start to sort of see what it is mm. you know it's sort of a an ode to a you know high octane action yeah um in its most like practical form mm. that they can do yeah 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 and i think um you know tom cruise with his most recent outing with top gun maverick mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think it's only you know gave me more confidence in mission impossible dead reckoning part one Mm-hmm. You know, Chris McCrea was a part of Maverick, and you know, you guys are talking about score here. Um, Lorne Balf, 
you know he did fallout i don't know if you guys have ever taken a listen at you know that mission impossible uh score but it's it's very good it's one Mm. of my favorite scores actually i've listened to it many times um but he also did top gun maverick and we all love that score like there's some great stuff in that so i think he's going to bring that sort of that that level to this new one as well so i think i think that you know that tom cruise uh you know thing that we're going to get is is just going to be right there and you just got to have faith in the actor and what he brings and what he expects from his movies yeah well it seems his best movies are the ones that are released within the past sort of like five or six years so yeah yeah yeah, you're right yeah good point Mm. right sticking on to the trailer buzz we were treated to the second thor love and thunder trailer during the nba playoffs we finally got our first look at christian bale's gore the god killer and some little story details as well lads has you has your thoughts changed since the first trailer no not at all yeah. um i don't really have much to say about the new trailer i'm, I'm pretty much going to echo what i said on the first trailer so i know exactly what to expect and i know to expect fun i know ex- yeah. to expect comedy and just sort of you know an, an mcu movie i can really go into and just sort of have fun with it and come out being able to just say that i yeah. just i don't expect this to be truly memorable in a way i don't expect it to emotionally connect with me in any way taika waititi's movies have never really done that Mm -hmm. he's always been about at least to me especially like you know when i consider you know boy and hunt for the world of people it's always about like that just that entertainment value always being able to just you know keep me on board with the character's journey and once it's done the movie's over you go back to your life kind of thing Mm. um none of his films have really stuck with me that way i don't expect this one to do that thing as well as for, you know, Christian Bale's uh, Gord the God Killer, um, incredible, really great stuff. I love that. Yeah. I mean, like the black and white with the yellow eyes. I thought yes. that was, you know, an extremely interesting artistic choice for, you know, the villain. Um, I was a bit worried that, you know, Christian Bale was going to be announced in this and he was just going to be a CGI character. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that didn't go that direction. He actually has some sort of character and acting presence in this. Um who knows how the execution goes to the character but you know like i guess the movie at the end of the day it's just gonna be some good fun we'll see how it really can actually execute its little story ideas and yeah. its premise that it's you know introduced us here in the first two trailers yeah 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 um it's a hard one i mean i uh, on the topic of christian bale i guess you know he they reveal him as they reveal him. Yeah, know, they yeah. reveal him. Mm. Um, we see him as he is, and I, I found it very strange that they reveal him in a vulnerable moment in that trailer. We, we see him coughing up blood. Mm. We see him, um, I guess, losing? At, yeah. at one, I guess to Thor? I, th- I think it's that quick snippet away. Yeah, yeah. He, he coughs up, he's coughing up blood, and he says, you, you're no ordinary god, or mm. something to that effect. And I was like, meh. I'm really excited for Bale, and I love what he's doing. Yeah, that's my main. But but, but I feel like they're they're already throwing away the stakes. Mm. But before we've even started the movie, they've already th- throwing away him as a threat before we've started the movie. Mm. Yeah. Um. And, and I just really hope he's not. I really hope he has an impact. I I don't want him to just 
be here. He makes a lot of threats. He kills a god in front of Thor, and then Thor fights him in the end, and then Thor wins. Yeah. And, and you know, in all likelihood, that will happen. Mm. But I want him to have an impact, because I think if it's Christian Bale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't bring him in here and then have him, have him be a nothing role. I'll remind you of someone. Mm. Kate Blanchett. You know that actress, right? Yes. One of the best working actresses working today. Yeah. Yep. A throwaway villain as well. So She's succumbed I mean, to the Marvel formula. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So And it's hugely disappointing because I think yeah. that um I think if anything, you, you should really bring these villains in to to not be fodder for the for the hero to develop, but for, mm. to be development mm. for the character to develop. Yeah. You know, they need to push the character forward mm. um, through brute force. Yeah. Um, it, it shouldn't be just like, I've beaten you and I've learned a lesson. It should be, um, you've beaten me so much yeah. that I've learned a lesson. Yeah. You know, that's what it should be. Mm. Um, so in that sense, I don't know how to feel. Mm. Um, however, I, I must say, there is a tweet by YTT where he says... A lot of people are misunderstanding um, this film and what it means. And I won't give away a lot, but this film is not a passing of the torch. This film is solely about Thor and it's a love story. I did read that. Yeah. I don't fully buy it. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, there's just been too much instances where, you know, the director's, you know, words on a film haven't truly reflected how a film is actually executed. So... I can't buy that, but I hope he's right in the end of the day. You know, mm. I want a Thor, you know, centric film where it focuses on his, you know, endeavors to be past war and past fighting and all that kind of stuff. I just want to see a, you know, a superhero go through that kind of motion, I guess. And pretty much yeah. him take up the mantle of like King of Asgard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fit into yeah. more like a, a role of Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, but yeah, that throne needs to be earned through blood i think and i i don't think it needs to be it's it, it, the universe yeah yeah but it just can't be earned f- from just him beating thanos huh no i what i'm saying is that we, we can't just build up this god butcher hmm. have him thrown aside and then oh, right um, and then yeah. thor just take the throne and that's it like it, it mm. needs to be there needs to be consequences mm. in this film for for it to feel earned in my opinion yeah but yeah it's weird i feel like the thor character has gone through too much consequences <sighs> you know i want more consequences for other characters he's lost his uh dad mother mm. uh, brother his brother in a, in a sense yeah his planet his people yeah exactly yeah the character's yeah. gone through enough so i don't really know what he can lose in order to gain more so yeah. Yeah. he even lost a part of himself and as you saw at um, the start of the end game like his eye no like oh. le- like sorry spiritual stuff self you know? oh right yeah, yeah, yeah where he yeah. just like pretty much gave hope on everything yeah he gave, he gave up on himself yeah yeah but yes also physically his eye <laughs> <laughs> for me yeah i'm with you guys i was a little bit disappointed on this one um mainly because it it's just gonna seem like pretty much like Rag- ragnarok i mean ragnarok mm. was a fine film but yeah. i feel we're just gonna get similar sort of tone for this one mm. um we were saying how Mighty Thor will fit into this, and it just seems like as if it's going to be the Earth 616 Jane Foster that we know from the first two Thors. 
feels like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I hope they have a great explanation as to how she wields Molyneux. If that is going to be the uh, route that they go down. Mm. In terms of Christian Bale as God Killer, uh, Gore the God Killer, Butcher, sorry. I think pretty much you guys said it already. It's, he's going to be fantastic in this. Mm. One thing I really hope, and I know Marvel's don't have the balls to do, is that have Gore the God Butcher actually murder and butcher a god called Thor. Mm. How great would that be as like a final third act? Where he butchers Thor. Where he butchers Thor. Butchers Thor and pretty much all of the main, main, <laughs> except for Hulk, Avengers are dead. Oh, wow, that would be an ending. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it makes sense, but uh, it'd be an ending. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah, I know. It'll, yeah. it'll be great. And, and <laughs> yeah. like, can you just imagine like everyone walking out of the cinema and just be like, what the hell, they actually killed Thor? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it is the first, fourth movie of an MCU character. It so, is. yeah. You know, I mean, and, but and, I mean, as kind of said, Taika Waititi, you know, said that it wasn't a passing of the torch. And yeah. if he was to die, I feel like there would be a passing of the torch for Mighty Thor, you know, I think Jane Foster's. I think that's, a, that's yeah. her name. Yeah. Her character there carry the role of Thor. The mantle, yeah. But I don't know if he, he has that in mind. I think Waititi probably mm. do- doesn't have a big giant scope in mind for what he wants to do. I think he just probably has a few movies in mind and then yeah. and then that's it for him. Or, um, or what if he means passing the torches? Oh, jokes, no, that won't work. Never mind. I was going to say it, was, it would be mm. Thor being Odin. Pretty much, but then I was like, oh, wait, no, yeah. Odin died. And- I, was, I was always hoping that Valkyrie would be Mighty Thor. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not, you know, accurate to the source material, but it just felt like a natural progression of that character. So, I mean, I hope Taika Waititi actually executes the ideas that are, you know, introduced in the in the trailers that we've gotten so far. Well, yeah. Thor has a long spanning history throughout the, the Marvel comics of fighting mm. all sorts of villains, including um, Galactus. Yeah. So I think yeah. that um, he he has plenty of time, though he needs to get to a a very powerful level in order to at one point hurt Galactus. I mean, I, th- I think he's pretty much almost there. Yeah, that's no, just John Krasinski. He doesn't have that. <laughs> um, what is it? Odin gets force. Gets tinned to noodles, right? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have that Odin force, which is like described as like uh, giving him like that full god power. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see. Maybe this is the movie to do it. So. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Right, moving on now. Elvis was recently played at the Cannes Film Festival and it received a 12-minute standing ovation. <sighs> While the reviews are mostly mixed and, it's cur- and it currently has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 82%, many people have actually praised Austin Butler's performance as Elvis, saying he perfectly captures the essence of the icon. Uh, lads, have you seen any different reactions to this film and what are your thoughts if you haven't? Uh, yeah, um, I know Baz Luhrmann very well, I know his movies very well, um, and I know that they can be either really good or really bad. Yeah. Um. No in between? <laughs> yeah, he's one of those directors. Ah, oh, right. Um, I, I personally tend to like his movies more than I hate them, mm-hmm. but I, I totally understand why people hate them. At the yeah. same time. What else has he directed? He's done Moulin Rouge. He's done The Great Gatsby. Australia. Australia, yeah. Um, right. Yeah, he's he's big on musicals. Um, he, he also did Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Uh, Leonardo the, DiCaprio. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm not surprised when you say 
Oh, Elvis got a standing ovation primarily based on Aston Butler's performance. Yeah. Um, I would imagine it probably is based on Austin uh, Butler's performance. Um, yeah. Because I don't know if I really have faith in this storyline to be the thing that carries it. Yeah. Um, f- from what I saw from the trailer, I'm, I'm, I'm with James. I think James said this. He said it kind of looks like every <laughs> musical biopic he's ever seen. <laughs> and I, I'm like with him there. I'm like, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm not all too excited about about this, and I don't have much faith in it. Mm. I, 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 again, will be here for Austin Butler and seeing what he's worth Mm. and and how he develops as an actor, because I'm yet to see him in something, um, big. Yeah. You'll see him in Dune. Yes. Dune part two. Um, yeah, no, I've heard so much about Austin Butler's performance. I've heard he's absolutely incredible. You know, know, he captures the mannerisms, the the movement, the sort of... The shimmy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah just everything about um alvis he seems incredibly dedicated to that role and i feel like as Khan was saying i feel like the ovation is more towards him than the actual film itself um you know i haven't explored um you know baz lumen's how you say it mm-hmm. um yeah his films all that much i've seen australia um i don't know what else i've seen from his but yeah like oh i, I was telling you that you know musical biopics they sort of have they have a formula to them and Elvis, based on the trailers it looks like it's going to be fitting in line with that um but i mean you ask us here like you know like have you heard anything else from the film yeah and one of the things the the movie is two hours and 39 minutes long it's a long movie and i've heard the pacing is very fast oh really yeah yeah so that that only you know um elevates my thoughts upon you know an alvis biopic the this is a musical legend probably one of if not the biggest you know musical artist in the history of time yeah. and you're trying to you know chronicle his life from start to finish i don't think it i don't think it can be done in one movie in a way that's really effective mm, um, meaningful yeah, yeah yeah i just i don't know if it can be pulled off but all i can say is it looks like austin butler is you know pulled in not an all-time performance, but a, an extremely memorable, memorable performance as, you know, Elvis Presley. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm excited for it. I want to see what Austin Butler can bring to it. I don't know how the film is going to be. It seems to be placing way too much emphasis on that, um, you know, that musical artist and agent relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To really, you know, be... F- I'd rather just be focused on the musical artists themselves which is Elvis here I, I don't need Tom Hanks's uh you know agent on the side to really create any drama here I just want that with yeah. Austin Butler yeah. so yeah yeah that's me yeah pretty sure I'm the same but as you James I'm mm. after these reactions I've got a little bit more excited for it mainly because of Austin Butler's performance I mean pretty much the same thing that happened to me with Taron Egerton yeah as um it feels around the same area that yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, we saw the first trailers for that, and then, like, the first reactions was just praising him as Elton John. Mm. And then he did an actual fantastic job as portraying Elton John, and I feel we're going to get that with Austin Butler. Yeah. And no doubt no doubt about it, when it comes to Oscar season, he'll be a Best Actor nominee. He may not win. Oh, you think he'll be nominated? I think he'll be nominated. Oh, that, that's mm. bold. I'll hold I mean, you that one. I mean, if you no. think about it, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malek got nominated. And Taron Egerton did not. 
Oh, didn't he? No. Oh, I fully thought he did. That was my logic. It would be in the conversation. I think Austin oh. Butler would be in the conversation. Yeah. I just feel like the overall quality of the film won't, you know, help its cases for the main actor to be nominated. Right. Yeah. It will be a tough sell because I think yeah. Baz Luhrmann is the kind of director that leans a little too much in bombastic theatrics mm. yeah um he you can see it through and through in moulin rouge he brings out awesome performances by ewan mcgregor um, um but in the end you you kind of see that a lot of it is frills over thrills mm. um yeah he's 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 the kind of director where you can't really trust what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't trust him. I like a lot of his films. I mm. really do, but I don't really trust him. Yeah. Yeah. I am, I'm also hoping for a more Alva-centric story, but I think you have a bang on the money here. It's going to be on pretty much what we've seen in the past, like two or three Bob picks we've seen. is just the agent and talent yeah. relations, Agreed. which is a bit sad. Mm. Right, next topic for the day for today is Netflix has announced that they will be developing a Horizon Zero Dawn series based on the PlayStation 4 game off the same name. No direct or cast have been attached to this project at this stage, but it does add to the list of video game adaptions being turned into series. Lads, what are your thoughts on this new series, and do you have any actresses in mind that you would like to be casted as Aloy? Um, I do have a suggestion here um as an actress yes yes uh rose leslie oh yes, <laughs> yes. that was my one yeah. oh, i stole it <laughs> sorry um but yeah no she just immediately came to mind um uh, for me played yigret uh you know the john john snow's love interest in and game of thrones yes um i think she'd be really great for it you know the look i think she has already easily but I, th- I think she has sort of you know the um sort of the stubbornness the toughness to yeah. play that character i think i think she'd be really good and and that role and quite comfortable I, I think she could bring a lot from the game of thrones character to this character yeah um they, they are quite similar in a sense and it does it's in it's in like a snowy biome kind of thing right yeah so i i think you know i think she'd be quite comfortable playing that role um it may be a bit too easy of a selection for me i think there may be some other choices out there that are just as good that yeah. one was just the one that came to mind um but man, my real thoughts on the series it was a no-brainer it was gonna happen yeah i was just waiting for the for the time mm. um i gotta say though i'm i'm so sick of these streaming services taking video games and putting them into series i'm just like why can't some of these be movies oh, i was about to say we'd rather than movies yeah exactly mm. like i'd rather like an like an epic series of films you know you know one one two and three mm. being being done with a, with a higher budget more flexibility and sort of you would know you, yeah sorry sorry w- would you still want them on the streaming service if they were done as films or would you have them as from like a like big blockbusters marketed blockbusters. as big blockbusters i want the studio to have real faith in these kind of properties right um but i i, I get the whole um point of it i know where the industry is at no one really has faith in video game adaptions yeah and that is you know i mean guess kind of a a thing that is slowly being changed you know we're seeing the witcher being 
you know, adapted to pretty good reviews and stuff like that. Yeah. We're seeing Sonic have its success. We're seeing, you know, sort of, you know, change of mindset when it comes to video game adaptions. So hopefully when, you know, um, more of these video game adaptions come out and they are good, that yeah. studios will have more faith and will put a higher bidding price on these properties to create actual blockbusters to support them. That is literally what I want. I mean, when it comes to this Netflix series, I, I'm excited. I'm I'm ready for it. But I just hope it's to the scale of the new Stranger Things. You know, <laughs> thirty million dollars an episode. Uh, it, yeah. It's an it's a kind of series like, that needs it. Definitely, especially with all the different like machines and stuff you have in that world. Mm. You like you sort of need that big budget. Yeah. Yeah. My first thought is that this is too big. To adapt into a series. I mean, yeah. uh, r- robotic dinosaurs is is usually only um, set aside for Transformers. <laughs> Age of um, extinction. Yeah, um, it, that's a it's a bit much. I mm. think in terms of um, making it convincing to the audience, um, yeah. it's 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 really heavy visual effects, and it requires a lot of experience. The kind of experience that only I think probably Paramount has as a studio to properly adapt absolutely agree. um you know sony and netflix have come to an agreement to produce content together this mm. is why we're seeing um this sort of thing happen between yeah. sony i mean um horizon zero dawn is a guerrilla games um production and it's owned by sony yeah um, and sony also owns also owns columbia and wow. so columbia is yeah. working with netflix to produce this um, so it makes sense. And I think your choice of Rose Leslie is actually really good because I was just ticking through names there and I was trying to find someone who could really pull off stubbornness. Mm. And that's what, um, Aoi, is that her name? Aoi. A- Aloy. Aloy. Yeah. Um, can really do. She's very stubborn. She's really set in her ways and yeah, very she- decisive, knows what she wants and how she's going to do it. Yeah, exactly. And she, she puts her chin up to, to, you know to things she doesn't agree with mm. um so, so you really need an, an actress that can kind of do that yeah agree um rose leslie i do agree is the easy easy choice but mm. it's also the most obvious choice as yep. well and probably the most natural one mm. because you know you think of her and you actually know she can play a very stubborn role well yeah um i don't think she's built the same way as aloy but i think mm. she um she probably could do a version of her that is that is slightly different. Mm. Um, how I feel about this, you know, I have nothing but apprehension because, again, this is too ambitious for Netflix. No. Yeah, um, even with like a Stranger Things kind of budget, thirty million per episode, we saw the production value in that series. Do you yeah. think if that was applied to this one, it could actually be? Yeah, but look, it's, it, the thing with Stranger Things is that. It looks the way it looks, I think, mainly because of the Duffer Brothers. Yeah. Um, because they have a very specific aesthetic and vision. Mm. They stick to that as yeah. well. They're not constantly switching between um, settings mm. as, as much as we think they are. Um, and they have a very specific time period. And they've been able to hone their lighting techniques over a, a long period of time. Yeah. Um, that's why the production of Stranger Things has only gotten better over time. They've just refined what they've had. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I think that it really comes down to talent. 
Mm. Um, and if Netflix doesn't have a proper studio and the proper talent behind it, I don't really have faith that they can produce the show very well. The same way I don't have full faith that they can do The Last Airbender very well. Right. You're a big fan of The Witcher show, right? Like, not a big fan, but like, you're... I watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you mean. Yeah, but I mean, that was adapted and you thought that was fine or good. It's watchable. I mean, I, I haven't played The Witcher, so is the way to adapt those two video games different? Can The can the Witcher, you know, abide by a lower budget? But does... And does Horizon always... Does it have to have a big budget to be good and be, you know successful and accurate to the source material the in the end game here is that horizon isn't as an action rpg it's, mm. it's an action mm. rpg so action being the primary word here yeah it, it's about the action it's about the stealth it's also about the mystery behind the robotic entities that roam that world mm. how it became a post-apocalyptic world which is thousands of years in the future mm. how that relates to the witcher Look, the Witcher is is the TV series itself by Netflix is primarily based more on the books than it is on the games. Right. However, Henry Cavill, mm. the lead actor, he bases his character more on the game, yeah, than he does on the books. Right. So he's taken it upon himself to do his own version, which is based on the games, mm. and the books have their own sort of narrative line. Yeah. Um. So Netflix has followed the books a little more than they followed the games, mm. but I would say it's kind of taking both elements and not doing them great. It's right. just doing them like passable. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like passable. Like it's watchable. You watch it and you're like, "This is fine." Mm. Um. That's why I probably don't really have much faith in Netflix. It's because. <laughs> You watch the the Witcher and you're like, ah, there's like one episode in here that's really good, or like one or two, yeah, and all the rest are like very middling and mm. very like disappointing and like mediocre, um, and so I just think I don't really trust Netflix. So if this is if this was done by like Amazon or Apple TV, would your mind change? If it was done by maybe Apple TV, I would be extremely interested because it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that they'd get into. <laughs> if it was done by Amazon, I'd be a little apprehensive because I don't really know what the Lord of the Rings has become. Yeah. I'd have to wait until that, until I saw mm. what it would become then. Okay. But you've uh, seen The Boys. I've seen The Boys. <laughs> and that's Amazon. Yeah. It is Amazon. It's very good. He's um, waiting for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I generally like. I generally have liked what Amazon has done. I think yeah. they they just they give people money and they go and make whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I, I, that, that's generally seems to be what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that runs out eventually. Mm-hmm. Netflix had that at the beginning. They gave people lots of money and they go do whatever you want. Yeah. People did it and then they canceled the series. Yeah. You know. They did it for a lot of them. I mean, Sony Pictures doing Horizon, you know, they plan it as like a trilogy of films for to cover the first game. Yeah. How would you feel about that one? Would you be more excited for it? And with, with blockbuster budgets as well. Yeah. It's just hard to trust Sony as well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. No, yeah. they do a lot of good stuff. I mean, outside of their superhero works, right? 
I mean, you got Don't Worry Darling coming. You have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They do really good stuff outside. Baby Driver. I mean, their, their last video game adaptation was Uncharted. I mean, that wasn't awful. It's not like Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a success. That's the thing. It's just it's not a success. It's just oh, yeah. and what is. And like, in mm. my mind, like, okay, I would, I would say Sonic is a success. That's Paramount. And I would say, um, I would say probably Mortal Kombat is a success. That's Warner Brothers. Mm. I would not say Uncharted is a success. Oh, it's a box office success though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Such as Sonic is, it's not a great movie. I don't know why it's got the reviews that it has. I don't think it's a great movie, but they're both successes at the box office. I mean, Uncharted did very well, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, I think it's also the power of Tom Holland. And yeah, Tom, Tom Holland's a huge part of that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, what what are your thoughts on Horizon? I know you've played both games fully, and I've only yeah. played about halfway through both of them. I just I don't know why I can't finish them. <laughs> I'll finish the second one though. <laughs> but yeah, w- w- what are your thoughts on like this being adapted? Oh well, it's one of my favorite video games mm. that I like to enjoy and play. So. I've- obviously i'm more intrigued and excited for it to come about i mean i'm not sure well they said it's based on the first one zero dawn and that's a fantastic game yeah um so just whether they're going to stick to that script of the actual game or if mm. they're going to do something like halo and just <laughs> do something else yeah it's a different story so i'd i'd like to have more details before i confirm my hype levels but now yeah if i could summon one word it would be intrigued mm. i'm intrigued about it i mean it, it, the writing was on the wall that this was going to be done. I mean, we had Last of Us, we had God of War. Next one on the list was Horizon, pretty much. Everything has been adapted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I do agree with you and James that, um, and Kyan, that this needs a big budget in terms of to get those mechanical creatures accurate. Because mm. if you half-ass the CGI, they're just going to look something like Zoids. <laughs> and it's just gonna look awful it's yeah. like yeah like you you have transformers back from what what was it 2006 seven, seven, seven. seven. yeah it looks fantastic they look yeah. great yeah it looks amazing it does, and like yeah. you, you put the you know you put you know 30 million dollars in per episode yeah um in here and it, and it still won't look as good yeah. as transformers from Two thousand and eight, whatever. Yeah. Um, Especially when you have something like a Thunderjaw, which is like probably one of the biggest creatures in Zero Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. And that that would, that would require a lot of money just mm. to render that. Exactly, yeah. and it's just I just can't trust Netflix to produce that level without the right talent behind it. I agree. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. You're gonna need some, you know, art at VFX artists in there to be really intricate with what they're doing. Yeah. I, at least my experience playing you know the horizon video games the you know the mechanical um creatures in it they're extremely intimidating and for that you need cgi that is you know based in reality it needs to feel real and tangible and it needs to feel like a threat if you half-ass this and if you have a low budget towards it you know all that you know intimidation and fear is gone so no one take it seriously yeah yeah it's just not going to be as compelling as a video game and mm. i think you know they, they need to match the energy of the video game to, in order to be successful yeah yeah, yeah i agree agreed agreed 
well, James pretty much took my casting choice off uh, Aloy, so I got nothing else to <laughs> add on that point. So, uh, well, it's, a, it's an easy choice. As it we it all is said, an easy uh, choice. Yeah, if I didn't have good to choice, though. if I didn't have to pick that, it would be some unknown actress that would break her out. Oh, I okay. guess. But who would that be? I have no idea. <laughs> just some someone I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Lastly, it is the show that made all of our lists in our most anticipated TV series for 2022. And that is Obi-Wan Kenobi. The first two episodes dropped over the weekend. Lads, pretty much, what are your thoughts so far on these uh, first two episodes? Um, I'm not happy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't really know how else to phrase it. You know, I was thinking about it, but at the end of that, I'm I'm just not happy with it. You know, this was my most... oh. I think this was my most anticipated. I think you guys had Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And then Obi-Wan a second for both of you guys. Yeah. This was my main one. It was, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't really say that my excitement's been there throughout the la- through these last five months as marketing has ramped up. But even still, I've always wanted an Obi-Wan Kenobi series or movie or just something in between, you know, Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. I just wanted something there because I thought Ewan McGregor was so great in that role and I... Phone to return, I think, would be something quite special. And, you know, it's hard to really draw conclusions from the first two episodes. Yeah. You know, these last four could really change things and make this a masterpiece. It really could do that. So it's hard to really draw conclusions. But based on what we've had so far, I don't really have much hope in the rest of this series so far. It just seems way too distracted on other characters. It really has barely any interest in its main character which is obi-wan i want this to be you know a more an exploration you know of his character as he goes through failure and loss i don't really care about things like young leia getting captured or you know the inquisitors you know i mean i think anakin's an essential piece to help him overcome that trauma of you know his failure through anakin's um you know him being as apprentice to yeah obi-wan so that's obviously going to be a key piece to you know obi-wan's journey here but all the other stuff i think is a waste of space Mm -hmm. um i I hope they can do justice with it but it all just seems like they're not focused on the character enough to really justify an obi-wan series i feel like you need to be a little bit more focused towards the character and just focus on his journey i mean that's all I can really ask from the series, and it's just not given it to me yet. Hope I'm wrong. At the end of the day, I hope I eat my words with this one. I do <laughs> not like saying this. I wanted something special here. We're not there yet, but I'm going to hold off my opinions until it's, like, complete. Done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you can. Yeah, I mean, um, look, the thing is, is that this character kind of it's everything i kind of expected in the worst way those first two episodes where i was like (laughs) i hope he's just not like some boring coward who like who's just sort of like afraid of everything Mm. and it kind of is that Mm. (laughs) and i and like i fully understand that this is not what 
it's going to be. Like, mm. I, I like, I know it's not what this will be for the next four episodes. Yeah. I know he's going to use more of his Jedi powers. Mm. I know he's going to reveal more of himself and become more of the Obi-Wan that we know and mm. find himself as a person. Yeah. Um, and we'll probably get a showdown with Vader in the end that is very exciting. Mm. However, for me, it's, it's really important to lay good foundations yeah. Um, if you haven't laid good foundations, you've you've really soiled kind of what you're building. I'm not buying into this already, <laughs> and it puts a sour taste in my mouth straight away. Yeah. I'm not buying into um, his grief. I'm not buying into um, him as a character. He doesn't seem like Obi-Wan. That's fine. Um, I get he's been through a lot. Um. And I'm not buying into the villain. This, um, <laughs> yeah. what's her name? Uh, Reva. Reva. The third Reva. sister. Or the High Inquisitor. Yeah, it's just rushed. Yeah. It's extremely rushed. No characterization to those two, either. Yeah, and I look, yeah. like, all these things could come later. Like, mm. sure, fine, they'll, they'll come later. But, to me, it's just like, when I'm getting into something... I want to feel like I'm being guided yeah. in the right way. And I feel like I'm just sort of being like manipulated mm. to feel a certain way about things. Yeah. Um, I feel like that sort of final 30 seconds of episode two was like the perfect example of, of like what I don't want from the series where it's like it reveals some character knowing something they shouldn't and then them using it to manipulate not manipulate but like emotionally affect kenobi and it's like i don't know it's just (laughs) it's something i don't want from the series yeah i I want it to be a little more like nuanced than that Mm. and i know i can't expect that but it's just not what i want yeah I mean, it's, just, it's, plain it's hard to articulate, it. but I completely get where you're coming from. Yeah, there just seems to be more subtlety in the storytelling. Yeah, for me, I pretty much agree with you guys. I mean, I was very hyped. I mean, yeah, when we first discussed the first trailer, I was like <laughs> very excited for it, mm. and then after watching, that, I was a bit disappointed. But a thought came into my head that um, when WandaVision first came out, they released the first two episodes, and those were what, probably the weakest two episodes off then the finale we don't count finale was the weakest (laughs) (laughs) in that point of time (laughs) they released the first two weakest all right yeah yeah, yeah. so maybe this is what Mm. they're doing is they that's why they dropped a two at once and then maybe three four five that's a good point hopefully six they might be saving good stuff in there yeah yeah like we'll do it justice so Mm. that's my little hope for this we'll find out this friday um it actually comes out on Thursday. New Zealand time or? It's Wednesday for America, Thursday for us. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, so it comes out sooner than later. So. Yeah. yeah. But it's, I mean, it's sort yeah. of like, like we, we expect it to get bigger. Like, we, we, we don't expect it to stay this way, of course. We, we yeah. know it's going to expand to more Jedi stuff. We know it's going to expand to Kenobi yeah. facing Vader. And we know it's going to expand to him revealing himself as obi-wan kenobi and being more confident in himself yeah but 
do we think the foundations that are built here really like back up back that up do no, we think it back backs that up not really but i guess the same can be said for one division those first two episodes they were pretty weak mm, foundations I'm excluding I, the final yeah. on this because you haven't seen the final for this. I mean, it's a good example, but I think One Division, those first two episodes, they more build up intrigue and mystery behind what the show is going to be. Yeah. I mean, the first two episodes here are just kind of, you know, really lackluster in storytelling and just sort of not being able to, you know, focus on its main character and just trying to put pieces in forcefully without really any meaning behind it. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, you're absolutely right in that it can improve. Do you think it will? Do I think it will? Yeah. Yes. Yeah? I think it will. Outside of the whole fan service part of it, you know, with the showdown of them again, do you think, like, the storytelling is actually going to improve? Because, you know, we've seen in Boba Fett and, you know, I mean, even the other, you know, side projects of Star Wars, yeah. Mandalorian not included, it's they haven't been that great. Do you think they can really do something special here? So Sorry think- <laughs> to put you on the spot, but I'm just, I just want to know. I know I want them to, but mm. I think the Kathleen Kennedy, I don't think should allow it to. Oh. <laughs> I, th- Ooh, so <laughs> I think we've discussed this either on the podcast or personally, personally as well. But, both for sure. Yeah, yeah, but Kathleen Kennedy has ruined the Star Wars franchise, that's for sure. Especially with that sequel, tre- sequel trilogy treatment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't done right. And this project is something fans have wanted ever since revenge of the sith came out came out you know and i think what the directors wanted in this is Mm. one thing and what we're going to get is going to be another yeah Um, a a thing that i do enjoy or very loosely take that very loosely enjoy which you guys might not is the relationship that we're going to see built between obi-wan and leia because in episode four Mm. the first scene is pretty much leia saying help me obi-wan kenobi i'm my only hope yeah but how does Leia know Obi Wan? Mm. And we're going to see that relationship build throughout the series, yeah. which will give more context to that. Of course, scene. it makes sense That's that context. Point, However, yeah. the the thing I find is that the the core problem I find is that I think the Leia character is simply too young. Yeah, um, I think she's too young to be so much of a character. I think kids that age are simply too young mm. to be so much of a character. Um, and whenever you watch a scene, you're completely broken out of immersion because you realize this is a kid that's probably about six or seven years old that is acting. I mean, I don't know how the old actress is, but, um, Leia's 10 in this, right? Yeah. Leia's yeah. supposedly yeah. 10. T- 10 years later. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. look 10 to me, but she looks um, younger. She looks, she looks like she's about eight. Yeah. Um, but, um, whenever I watch this, I'm, I'm kind of the immersion is broken because mm. I'm trying to f- kind of follow Obi-Wan's journey, but I'm, and, and I could follow that if she was sort of like 12 or 13, mm. but I could not follow that if she's, you know, seven, eight, the actress herself. Um, it, it breaks my immersion because I feel like this is a child. Like this isn't just like a kid. This is like a child um, following him around in a sense. <laughs> So, yeah, it does break my immersion in that yeah. regard. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't really know what else there is to say about this. I mean, it's 
I, I think I think we're all in agreement here. Yeah. And in, in, in a sense, and I, I just want to go off what Nan was saying before. I'm I'm in agreement with you. It's hard to say, but yeah, Kathleen Kennedy's era of Star Wars, I think she has ruined it. Yeah. Um, the franchise does not feel as you know majestic and uh, sort of you know awe striking as it used to be it's just sort of now another milked out franchise that has to have something coming every few months um and just for it to make that you know four billion dollar purchase exactly yeah Yeah. and 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 all the projects that stem from it are just they feel also manufactured forced and it's just yeah yeah Yeah, look i've I've kind of always been of the opinion that um star wars has been raised on a pedestal too high for what it is oh it's it's not the it's not the 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 series or the franchise that should be raised as a standard it's it's not and and i don't think it ever really was it was just at the time very influential in pop culture Mm. however as soon as episodes one two and three released as soon as you know row one and um, seven eight nine yep and um han solo and seven eight nine yeah a release you, you sort of kind of realize like oh um they're kind of draining this thing for all it's worth and there's not that much to explore oh man you're a brave brave man <laughs> i mean you say the things that i'm too scared to say sometimes and you know i have a agreement with that you know notion that the franchise isn't as how it is portrayed or like you know how it's perceived it's not that big or like you know it shouldn't be the standard as it's held to be i I think at the end of that it has more bad movies than good movies i think that's an immediate way you can distinguish this franchise and just because it had you know three amazing movies back in the 80s you know, you got to look at things now, and yeah, yeah I was always true. scared to say it, but I mean, you you really you know led me to it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, that's the, I must give credit to the writers who have expanded the extended universe. Is that like, through comic books, through games, comic books, shows, Attack of the, the extended stuff? Mm. Uh, I have to give credit to them because they're the ones that ever really give given substance to this universe yeah whereas you know lucas and and kathleen kennedy and make no mistake kathleen kennedy was in this from the beginning from Mm. episode episode from um uh from the first star wars ever yeah she was there yeah okay And, and if people think that um her influence now um is is overbearing she was always there However, the, the the problem I think was always that you know it was it, first three episodes were a combination of creativity for something that had never been done before. Mm, that was yeah. the birthplace of Star Wars. Yeah, everyone ho- holds it to that l- level. Mm. Okay, of course, but everything else after that, you, you're comparing to those three episodes, mm. and you're like, how can it? How can it be better? Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to do. I mean, it's no one's expecting it to be better than the original trilogy at the end of the day. Yeah. I I mean, I don't think, you know, Kennedy's faults in this are, you know, related to the sequel trilogy. It's just the more, 
you know, forcing all these projects, you know, now we got Andor coming out and yeah, I, there's just so much being announced right now. Like, I think there's like yeah. four different movies th- from th- four different directors announced. I think there's a, you got Taika yeah. Waititi's film coming out. Yeah. John Watts is doing one. Yeah. Patty Jenkins. I don't know if she's still on one. I'm yeah. just so. I know they've shelved yeah. Rian Johnson's trilogy at the moment. Yeah. They've also, the Star Wars yeah. Celebration recently was held over this weekend. They announced mm. a Yoda TV series, oh, plus a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my they, gosh. They, they, they've, they've announced a hell of a lot. It's just too much, I feel. Yeah. yeah. I feel like oversaturation is about to hit its critical mass. We are, we are, we're going to get oversaturated by Star Wars and Marvel simultaneously. Yeah. And I, I've, I, to be honest, I've already nearly reached Marvel oversaturation. Um, close to it. Yeah, close to it. Disney Plus helping with that. Sure is. Yeah, unless Marvel will help soon. <laughs> <laughs> We're close to that release. Sweet. Now let's wrap up the weekend's box office. So on n- number one, we have Top Gun Maverick, and that earned $124 million. Second, we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, $16.4 million. Third, we have the Bob's Burgers movie with twelve point six million. Number four, we have Downton Abbey: A New Era, five point nine million. And number five, we have the Bad Guys at four point six million. Now, before we get into this box office analysis, I would like to say that Everything Everywhere All at Once has become the highest-grossing A twenty-four film in the domestic market. Which, which is a great achievement <laughs> for a fantastic film. So, lads, what are your thoughts on that achievement and this weekend's box office? Um, amazing. I'm very, very happy with this. I mean, like you just mentioned, that everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Um, that's great. I think yeah. um, that's only gonna you know inspire movie studios to do some really you know authentic you know innovative storytelling and you know put in sort of like you know, extra work to the technical side of things, which yeah. I think every uh, that movie did. Um, Top Gun Maverick, you know, uh, Paramount held on to this movie. It had faith in this movie for years. Like, it started as marketing in 2019. Yeah. And it comes to now. It just releases now. Faith for a paid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Tom Cruise's highest opening weekend was, like, I think, like, in the, it was in the 60s for War of the Worlds. It's like the, the, the 2006 movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh, that was his highest domestic opening. And now yeah. he's got 124 million opening weekend with Top Gun Maverick. Mm. So this is huge for him. It's huge for the studio. I mean, 124, man. I think that's been the Batman. Yeah. Bit, what was it? The Batman was like 100 and... I can't remember, but it sounds about right. I think the Batman might have been 130, but they're, they're pretty close. Yeah. I mean, it's significant. And then you, when you add on the projections for Memorial, Memorial Weekend, yeah. it's 151 million. Its overall worldwide weekend opening was 260 million. Um, at least in my box office preview on MovieGans.com, I've predicted that it's going to make around 750, 760 million in total. Yeah. And I think it might be tracking to be right. Um, I may have the international and domestic figures the wrong way around but my 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 rationale is that top gun is a very american film you know it's very basic you know the american military and all that kind of stuff and i don't think the international audiences will grasp onto that as strongly but i mean i've been to three sessions here in new zealand and people love this movie so this movie might and it's very very far-fetched might take it to a billion 
Oh uh, yeah, I was thinking the same might. thing. Might, yeah. Um, I think word of mouth might be mm. an extremely strong thing for this film. Yeah, and nostalgia. And what's that? And nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, nostalgia. Mm. And I think that it's very possible it could bring it to a billion. I think that yep. in all likelihood, it, it, it may make very close to, as in the sort of eight to nine hundred realm. I um, think it, I think it has the potential to get there. Yeah. However, a billion, I would not, I would not be shocked oh, by that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be like okay this is starting to make sense mm. because of how big this is yeah um yeah i mean that's huge yeah. for a film that isn't mm. superhero related yeah you yeah. know like wh- what was the last film that made a billion that wasn't superhero related oh that's a very good question oh, i mean is... you got like star wars rise of skywalker yeah i suppose yeah. 2019 yeah <laughs> yeah. And yeah you can't count 2020 but um yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think word of mouth can carry this a long way, but it does come against, you know, Jurassic World Dominion. We know how big that's going to be. Lightyear comes out in a couple of weeks as well. Yeah. If it can get past that, if it can capture the new generation, you know, sky's the limit. Yeah. Literally, for pun, Top Gun. Pun intended, right? Yeah, yeah. pun intended, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you were to exclude Disney from the billion dollar movies... I think the only films that would, would it reach a billion are probably something by Illumination Studios. Oh, dear. And we're going to have another one soon. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you got the uh, Jurassic World franchise. That's uh, not that's Universal, not Disney. That's true. That you do true. have Jurassic World. Yeah. And then Fast and Furious. Ooh, <laughs> that's Universal as well, eh? Yeah. 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 Correct. But, I mean, yeah, Doctor Strange is holding strong, by the way. It I, is. It did it, drop significantly, yeah. though. I mean, better than I thought it would. I think it's going to go. I think it might reach that 400 million mark. So I think that's pretty good. But uh, domestic? Yeah, domestically. Yeah. And worldwide, do you reckon it will reach 900? Nah. I, oh, I, oh, it'll reach 900. I don't think it will reach a billion at the end of things. I think with Top Gun coming out, stealing its thunder, with Jurassic World coming out. And also the yeah. other thing. And also yeah. the disappointment in terms of the multiverse that yeah. this film promised. I mean, it has about 130 to get there. It's gonna be. It's gonna be very close. I think it was a very yeah. good film. You probably might have three or four hundred million more um, dollars on your hand there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to see. But I mean, the, all we can say is right now is you know the COVID nineteen effect is you know, it's not so impactful anymore. Uh, uh-huh. This is nice to see big results come out like this, especially yeah. for something like Topic on Maverick. I think it absolutely deserves it. I mean, yeah. We're seeing H twenty fours. Yeah, it's stuff like that as well. Yeah. Best result ever. Yeah. So, and in, yes, in the of course, market, it's the most expensive yeah. film ever. But, yeah, I mean, comparatively speaking to some of their other films as well, they're more expensive ones. Um, uh, Uncut Gems probably had a $20 million budget. That was its, yeah. like, yeah, biggest thought, grossing yeah. domestic yeah, movie, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. And so, um, you know, it seems like whatever they put in, they get out just as much. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, you know, at least for, they, they get back whatever they put in i also wonder if um the multiverse hype carried everything everywhere all at once i mean you came off no way home you went to this uh, and I then you had the hype yeah. of doctor strange before it released as well like mm. maybe this hype actually boosted up and ended up being like better than doctor strange yeah i think the the biggest thing was word of mouth to yeah, be honest definitely. um people were uh, saying yeah like, that was a really good yeah. movie go it, watch it th- that's why it's dropped so small week by week yeah, yeah. especially considering when it first came out it didn't crack the yeah. top five second week mm. it made the top five for i think two or three weeks yeah yeah i mean yeah. I, I recently saw a tweet of like it's like saying like 
you know, we're only five months in 2022, guys, and it had like Top Gun Maverick, the yeah. Batman, the Northman, and everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. And so I put a poll on our um, Instagram page, sort of like, oh, what's your favorite so far out of those four? And the majority of the votes went to every uh, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. You know, I think the Batman was second, but like Gee. it shows that people are really connecting to that film. So mm. good movies make money. I hope Stuart doesn't forget that. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Good chat, guys. That'll do us today on the Let's Be Real podcast. Hope you've all enjoyed the show where, wherever you may have been listening from. If you agree or disagree with what we have discussed today and you'd like to discuss it further, head over to Movie Gains on Instagram and chuck us a message or find us on Movie Gain on Facebook or moviegains.com if you want to see more articles, so to speak. If you enjoy the show and want to listen to more of our podcasts, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube or wherever you might like to get your podcast from, we're there as well. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. Catch you on the next episode. We'll move again. We'll see you later. Bye. Goodbye.